Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Art of Charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The Art of Charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. This is one of the best programs available anywhere, and it's free, and this is the show we wish we had a decade ago. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some content we don't share on the show by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. Now, guys, it's about you, guys and girls for that matter. We're here to help you become the best you can be in every area of your life. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach at our live programs here in L.A., check out the toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got our fundamentals, eye contact, body language, vocal tonality, nonverbal communication, dating, attraction, networking, and negotiation, all that stuff we wish we'd learned and mastered years ago. And we've got our live programs running every week here in Los Angeles, California, sold out several months in advance, of course, by now. But you can get details on that at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. Call us here in the office or email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. I read everything. Try me. Looking forward to meeting you here at The Art of Charm. Now, today, we're talking with my friend Nick Onkin. He's a dude and a half. Great photographer, interesting artist, really, really smart dude. He photographs people like Usher, Justin Bieber, Jessica Alba all day. Really successful, really, really down to earth at the same time. We're going to talk about finding your why getting your passion to where you can make a living off of it, seeing the destination, running through the grind, developing your style, finding mentors. We cover a ton here. And of course, giving back and evolving or evaporating. So let's wrap with Nick Onkin. I hope you guys enjoy it. But I'm glad to have you here, man. You know, you've been a friend of mine for a while. You're a photographer. You just got back from Antarctica. You've got your own show. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Tell us why we should listen to you, though. Well, thank you for having me on the show, first of all. So I started out doing graphic design, and I've created a career now in photography, and it's expanded into doing podcasting, where I interview successful creative entrepreneurs and other people around the lifestyle. And I've also, I'm working on growing a bigger brand, but I think the biggest thing that I'm known for is my photography work and growing that career. I've written a book on travel photography and it's been an amazing journey and I've learned a lot through the journey and I think a lot of people are interested in having a career in art, whether it's illustration, 
fashion design, photography, graphic design, there's a similar process and a similar way of doing things that get you to a level of success. Yeah, of course. I'm, I think a lot of people think that if you get a career in art, it happened to you, or you're just outrageously talented and you got discovered. And I mean, that's the LA mindset, right? You hang out as a waitress at some cafe until George Clooney rolls in and goes, you should be in pictures, you know, that kind of crap. Exactly. It's so funny. I mean, I used to live in LA and I, I met that kind of that same, seemed like the same person that was always waiting to meet that right producer or director that's going to put them in the star of the show. And at the end of the day, you just got to work hard and you got to love it for the craft rather than love it for the idea of, say, being a rock star or movie sure. star because the passion is what's really going to drive you to put in the hard work because it's not easy. It definitely ain't easy. And there's a lot of struggle along the way, a lot of sacrifice. And to get to the end point, you've got to be willing to give certain things up and really push towards the prize. And when you love it, it doesn't actually feel like work. It's just, you do what you love. Yeah, of course. And doing it for the craft is an important point that maybe we shouldn't necessarily gloss over, right? Because people are always like, how do I launch a podcast? You launched this really successful podcast. Jordan, tell us how you did it. One, I launched this show eight years ago, so my advice sucks because it's ancient and based (laughs) on an old market. And my first tip is, my first tip is do it eight years ago, when the, or do it nine years ago, 10 years ago, when they first came out. Um, but loving it for the craft, because people go, how do you stick with it, even though, you know, were you monetizing right away? And the answer was no. I didn't know what the word monetizing was. I didn't think about it. And I'm guessing when you started taking pictures and creating things, you weren't like, all right, I'm gonna be making tons of money with this eventually. You were like, I don't care if I ever make money with this, it would be awesome, but, you know, it's not necessarily your end goal, or if it was, you were content in the meantime to do it for very little. Did you start off just being a super successful photographer? No, not, of course not. And I mean, it took years. It, it, I mean, it took probably like five or six years before I was of just practicing and hustling and building my portfolio just to get to the point where people were actually paying me a decent amount. I mean, there's always... It, especially with art, there's a way to, I think you have to be creative in business is just as much as you are creative in, in the craft. But the craft is what really kept me going, I would say, because times are hard. And when I first, luckily I was, I was a graphic designer beforehand. And so I was already freelancing and I had, that was kind of, it turned into a bridge job in the interim because I could do, I could freelance graphic design take on projects and still have flexibility in my schedule to put towards practicing photography, working on my um, own work and also kind of working with other photographers and just learning about the craft and learning and practicing because it does take a lot of time. So you have to have some sort of way to pay the bills and, and be able to practice at the same time. And I grew up in Seattle. I was living in Seattle at the time. So I was able to have like a super low rent and overhead per month and put everything else towards my photography business. But I think the big thing is, is I I was, I love taking photos and I never really saw the potential that I could actually make a good amount of money doing it. And when I connected with another photographer, he really opened my eyes to that. And then I started exploring that world and just my vision for it kept growing and kept growing. And then I just went after it. Yeah. Well, let's dive into the just went after a thing because fast forward 
I mean, you are, you live in New York, you have a sweet place, I've been there. You photograph people that everyone knows, like Usher, Justin Bieber, Jessica Alba. I mean, that's sweet. You worked for like Nike, Coca-Cola, Adidas, right? You've been in magazines and all that stuff. Paparazzi is taking pictures of you taking pictures. That's pretty meta, right? It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty crazy, man. Yeah, we were this like, Justin saw that I was in town a couple months ago and he, he, he follows me on Instagram, so he saw it, and he tracked my number down and gave me a call because he wanted to shoot his new hair. So I went over to his house. We were shooting on his back lawn. I, didn't even, I had no idea. I mean, I know that like the paparazzi follow him around every day, and they wait at the bottom of his house at the hill, and they don't even, like, he doesn't even want to leave his house because it's just, I mean, it's a hassle. And after that, a couple of days later, after he had posted the pics on Instagram, all these other photos of us shooting started popping up, these paparazzi photos. And they're like, they climbed the mountains on the other side of the canyon oh with God. like a super long lens. Those people must be the biggest losers in the world. I'm sorry, I hate to pass judgment, but when you are waiting at the end of Justin Bieber's driveway, hoping that he leaves so you can get a picture of him rolling up his window so that you can't get a picture of him, you need to get a life so bad. Seriously, I, it's, it's crazy. I don't think I could ever imagine being a paparazzi. Uh, it's it's so intrusive. Yeah, good thing you didn't start that way. That's <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I want to go back and highlight Justin Bieber follows you on Instagram, not you follow Justin Bieber on Instagram. I thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I follow him too now, but after he followed me, I decided like, you know, it's it's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll give yeah. him a follow Where back. People are like, know? dude, you follow Justin Bieber? What's wrong with you? Uh, he followed me first. Wait, what? I yeah. mean, follow for follow, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Isn't that how that works? <laughs> yeah, that's right. it's funny because all the, the believers, on they comment on, and that's they comment that all the time. And you're just like, really? <laughs> that's a thing, man. They just it's, it's all about getting those numbers up. It's comical. It's interesting how Instagram has completely integrated with our, our culture and social media. I get mail from people all the time, and they're like, you know, this person, I can't compete with him. He's got like this, that, and he's got more followers than me. And I'm like, followers, what is it? You you guys both cult leaders? What are you talking about? And, you know, he'll say like, no, I mean like Instagram. And I'm like, who cares? And he's like, everyone cares. What do you, you don't understand me. And I'm like, welcome to me being a dad pretty soon where it's like my kid, my daughter's crying in the corner. Like, I don't have any followers. And I'm gonna be like, I don't even know what you're saying right now or why it matters. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, especially the younger kids really, really have, they almost find a self-worth and a value out of like the likes and the followers. Sure. It's sad in a certain respect that people are finding self-worth from that. And um, so funny, we we were talking about doing a little spoof and changing the word likes, like doing a screen grab, changing the word likes to self-worth points. Self-esteem points? Yeah, self-esteem points. (laughs) Definitely, I I definitely understand that. You've also shot for Pencils of Promise. We had Adam Brown on earlier, uh, which is a great charity, and that's how you kind of got connected in this world. But, I mean, let's talk about how you find the why, right? We talked about this off air. There's so many people out there that want to be successful with their art, and by successful, I just mean actually having the ability to do their art without being broke and having to do something else. Like, that's the dream, right? They don't necessarily need to get rich. It's just like, I'd love to be able to not work at Equinox uh, at the front desk and, you know, wash sweaty towels, but just to be able to do my art and live. Yeah, that's a long process. It's not an easy one. It's a process that took me 
I mean, I have five, six, seven years just to get to the point where I'm actually have a business that I'm making money and I've got employees now and, you know, I have a studio, well, an office studio in my house and you need an army of people in, in a certain sense to really as a big business. But going back, you're asking it, it, it is, it's a lot of, A, you have to have passion that's going to drive you through it, but B, you're going to have to find some sort of bridge job that's going to give you the the time to pay your expenses, but also give you time to practice your craft. Because the more time that you put into practicing that craft, the better you're going to get and the faster you're going to get better. Right. So being able to limit the interim job or the necessity for that will help you actually get better at the craft, which will, of course, help you get rid of the interim job entirely faster. Exactly. So the, the idea is to wean the interim job off at a certain point to where you're not even doing that. But most people, you can either do that or if you have a full-time job, you're hustling at night on nights and weekends until you get your business up and running. And that's a lot harder to do because most of the people after they've worked an eight, 10 hour day, they're exhausted. I can see that being a problem, right? Because of course being exhausted, too tired to do what you love, is a problem, and some people might say, you're never too tired to do what you love, but that's just BS when you gotta haul lights out of your garage to a site and set everything up. I think a lot of people get stuck in this trap because they're like, I really wanna do X, you know, even if it's start a business, it doesn't have to be art, but we'll focus on art in, in this example because you were successful at that, and it's popular, but like, I think people go, oh, well, I've gotta do my, j-. The, one of the common objections for people starting their business is, listen, I got a full-time job and I wanna start a business, and, so any fear you feel, any insecurity you feel around starting this or monetizing your passion, you just start to lean into the excuse that you don't have time, which is partially true. And yet some people manage and some people do not. Yeah, and I believe that you're the creator of your reality. And so you can create whatever you want. You just have to figure out the puzzle pieces to make that happen. And I think one of the books that really inspired me from the beginning was Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek. And just the idea of designing your life around how you want it to be. And that takes time because at the end of the day, you have to figure out how to make enough money to pay for everything that you want to do. That's so true. And then you then you throw the creative aspect in it. Making money with your art is even harder to do there. Then there's the art versus commerce. And, you know, a lot of people want to do fine art and it's hard to make a living. It's that's a whole nother business model in and of itself, aside from the world of commercial photography, and then there's wedding photography, there's all kinds of businesses that are almost incubated. Commercial photography and the stuff that I do is very business to business. There's yeah. no, it's, not a, it's not a consumer market. So there's a whole different business marketing model that you have to understand and learn. And you, know, you can learn from other people, you can learn from consultants, it's kind of a mix. So how, where do we start with this? I mean, obviously we, we might have already found our passion, but you talk about finding the why. What does that mean? Finding the why is what's going to drive you. You got to know why you're doing something. And, and typically, the why is the love and the passion. That's what it is for me. I mean, I love creating. I love taking photos and making something. And then the rest of it is just getting that work in front of more people. Uh, but the why is, there's a book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And when companies and people and brands know why they're doing something, what's your mission? You know, your mission is your why. You know, whether you want to change the world through some sort of creativity or, you know, every, you know, innovation, whatever it is, your why is going to drive 
the vision of the brand. And at the end of the day, as an artist, you are a brand. And you're selling your, not only your art, but yourself. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Now back to the show. Okay, there's kind of a deep thought right there, right? I mean, it seems tricky to get there, obviously. And, and how do you sort of see from that point towards what you want to achieve? I mean, I, I think 
even you mentioned earlier, it's tough to go from something like, oh, well, I like taking pictures to I should be doing this for a living, for companies. I mean, how do you clarify the vision, see the destination? Yeah, I mean, when I started, I knew that I loved taking photos, but I didn't really know like what that even meant. You know what I mean? It was something that I just knew that I enjoyed. And then when my when I talked to that other photographer, he kind of opened my eyes to that whole world. And now with online, like you can go online and just you can search different names and different people and start researching for yourself. I think that's a really great place to start. If you're interested in photography or whatever it is, fashion design, look at the great designers, look at the great photographers and start. It's, it's like a reverse engineering process. So you kind of see what they're producing, what they're creating, and then you put the puzzle pieces together to actually get there. And it takes a lot of education. It takes a lot of talking to other mentors or researching online and just getting the information of the steps to do it. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's That's the other thing is it's like a very... There's no formula. The great thing is, as a creative, you can create the vision that you want. For me, it's it, at the end of the day, it's about building a portfolio of work that you want to be shooting. Ah, that okay, right. So you've got to grind pretty hard, though, once you start doing the work, right? You don't necessarily get to just go out and take pictures of Justin Bieber or or, or flowers or whatever you love shooting at first. I mean, you, people want, right? So to speak, I mean, it's not necessarily about doing what people want as much as it is creating work that's going to attract the people and the work that you want to be doing. If I want to be shooting celebrities like Justin Bieber and Usher and all these guys, then I got to create portraiture. uh, Like I got to create a body of work, a body of portraiture that somebody's going to come to me and say, oh, I, I want your style on me or... I, a magazine can come to me and say, like, okay, we got this shoot for Justin. You're perf- we want your style. Uh, we want you to shoot Justin in your style for the magazine. That ha- that's what happened to me last year with one of his album covers. Is they're like, we love what you do. We want you to just, we want you to shoot him in the way, the style that you shoot. But that's taken so much work in creating. Yeah, where did the style come from, right? You developed it over years of, of, of grind. Or, or or something. Exactly. And it's it comes down to self-motivation of actually going out and shooting, <laughs> like actually doing it and trying things. And, you know, not necessarily you can try with anybody. I mean, for me, I just started with shooting my friends. I would look at other artists. This is another exercise I, I like to give a lot of people is look through magazines, see what you like, start pulling images that you like, and then tear them apart and break them down. Like, what are the elements in those images, whether it's the styling, the people, the location, the lighting, all that stuff, the movement, the energy, the directing, there's so many different elements that go into one photograph. And when you can start to dissect that, then you can start to integrate and almost mimic those types of things in your own work when you're starting to experiment. And there's a book I just read, actually, it's called Steal Like an Artist. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's great. I And it talks about how, I mean, stealing like an artist, like, no idea is necessarily new. You're just adopting it and then putting your own perspective and your own spin on what they're doing. You know, you're going to bring yourself to the table. And, you know, it's, of course, you're going to have overlap. But at the end of the day, once you start, you bring that element into your work 
and then you're going to kind of twist it and make it your own at a certain point. Yeah, it comes down to creating that portfolio uh, and it takes years and years, but I think it starts with that self-motivation because a lot of people get stuck. There's another book called The War of Art and he talks about, Stephen Pressfield talks about the resistance and it's all those things that actually keep you from making your art, whether it's just distractions, laziness, and you're like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta grind. You gotta get after it. And you have to do it. Like you have to go click the camera. You have to take photos. You have to design. You have to draw. You got whatever it is that you're interested in. You actually just have to do it. And I think that's the biggest gap for people. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, because it's because it's not easy. Because it takes so much effort to get motivated and just jump out there and, and actually create. It's it's an interesting, it's so much easier to sit on the couch yeah. and watch TV. Fact, right? Yeah, absolutely it is. So is it lack of passion or is there something else to it? Fear of failure? What do you think it is? What do you think it is that separates you being you know my age and very successful versus the guys that are 10 years older and still making excuses? I think it's a number of things and it's all mental, right? It's all the excuses that we have. It could be fear of failure, fear of success. It could be, you could be comfortability, especially people that are wanting to switch careers. Yes. After they've been making a lot of money, you have to jump off the cliff and give up a lot to be able to pursue something like this. You know, if if you like, you have to have to be able to pay your bills, but still have the time to work on practicing your craft. You have to give up something. It's either going to be finances or time or energy to get there. So that's another big fear that people have, you know, losing that comfortability. But I mean, when you're uncomfortable, that's where you grow the most. It's yeah, it's almost cliche at this point, right? So would you then say if I've got a corporate job and it's taking 14 hours a day and I want to pursue something, a passion project, do I need to then quit that, get a different kind of capital job that maybe pays me a living wage, even though it's significantly less, that gives me more time to practice the craft? Because I think a lot of people get stuck in those corporate jobs and then go, well, I don't have any time and I can't quit this, I'm making six figures. I can't make 35 grand. Uh, You know, it comes down to what your circumstances and situation is. I mean, if you have family you have to figure out how to make that much money with less time. So it's either you renegotiate your job, which is something that actually Tim Ferriss talks about in the four hour work week. He's like, how do you renegotiate your job to have more time? Or you quit your job, take a lesser paying job and have more time. Uh, Maybe you start another side business to figure out how to make more money with less time. At the end of the day, it comes out, how do you make the most money with less time that you can like kind of start scaling. I think when I started, I was doing graphic design part time. And then I started picking up little photography projects that were just, you know, shoot models for their portfolios for a few hundred bucks. And it would take me two or three hours. There's so many different opportunities. I think it's just a matter of finding the right fit for you and your situation. How do we assess that fit? People have different passions and Maybe it's working a full-time job and then just getting the motivation to work at nights on nights and on the weekends or taking a day off during work. For me, I had I, I was a graphic designer and I was freelancing. So I was able to take design projects and work on them whenever I wanted to during the week and just shuffle my schedule around. Oh, okay. Nice. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's quitting your job and getting a job getting a part-time job. 
uh, waiting tables or working at a bar, you know, so you're working nights and you have the days off. I think at the end of the day, you have to have the motivation to, if you're going to work at a bar at night, you're going to have to have the motivation to go home after your work, get some sleep and then get up early and, and hustle during the day. That's the biggest kicker is really having that motivation to to plan your schedule out and take the time to be creating. Because even sometimes people get caught up in the restaurant life and people party till four in the morning and then they sleep till four o'clock in the afternoon and then they just get up and start working and they get caught in that cycle. Yeah, definitely. So that's brilliant actually because you can get caught in a cycle whether you work at a corporate job or you can get caught up in a cycle whether you work at what we would call a capital job, which is something that just allows you to pursue your passion. But then it's like, yeah, you know, I worked at the bar and then we had drinks and then, you know, after that it was like late and then blah, blah, blah. And you hear that stuff all the time and you're thinking, well, wait a minute, there are so many choices in here. Exactly. That you made that were not in alignment with what you say you want to do. Yeah, exactly. And you have to have the motivation. It's like, I think it was funny, actually, we were talking about that. You were, and it was you that said, make your job your bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it really is. It's about owning the job and letting it work for you versus you work for it and you're a slave to the job and it makes you tired and you wanna, all you want to do is go home and party or go home and sleep. Whereas if it's a stepping stone to the greater vision, then it's just a small little stepping stone and you're going to have the discipline to get up and practice the craft in the meantime. Yes. Okay. Excellent. So it because that goes back to the grind, right? Like, yeah, maybe sometimes you have to, maybe you can't drink with all your coworkers after work. Exactly. It's saying no to that stuff so yeah. that you can say yes to what you want. And I think realizing that that job is designed to be temporary is a good way to start to do that. Otherwise you feel like you're missing out on something. But you know, for example, with Wall Street, for me, I loved hanging out with the guys. They were awesome. But at a certain point when it was like, you should go and do this thing that's going to take up all your free time. It'll help your career. I was like, I don't care. I yeah. don't want this career. And if not going to the lame corporate retreat thing is going to limit me, then good. That's a shove in the right direction. Yeah. And sometimes, hey, I mean, maybe you get a job that's in the industry where you're actually learning more. That's another opportunity. You could be working for another photographer, like they're photographers themselves, but they're working for me and they're learning a lot while they're working here. So that's another exchange of education in a certain respect. That's a good point. Yeah. And to get to where you want to be. Yeah. I've said this before on other shows, especially when being interviewed, but I don't know if I've ever said it on mine. But if I had to do it all over again, I would have skipped a lot of the formal education and I would have started working immediately for high performers just to try to get the mindset and habits in shape because that's the stuff that I spent the next 10 friggin' years learning and still am learning. Whereas if I, I could have gotten a major jump start on that if I was willing to say work for 25 grand a year but be some CEO or C-level executive's assistant, I would have learned a lot more practical stuff than I would have in in actually paying to go to school somewhere else. Exactly. You know, especially over the last couple of years, I've really, really realized how much making it, being successful, all comes down to mindset. It all, it all comes down to your inner game. And, you know, that's what you guys work on too yeah. over there. It's exactly that. It's the mindset that's going to push you through all the bullshit that keeps you back from what you truly want or you truly want, where you truly want to be. That takes a lot of work. I know for me, I did a lot of deeper work in the last couple of years. And 
that's helped me in so many ways. And my mind is way more open than it used to be in general now. Excellent. Great. And so after we get a capital job, how do we start to advance from there? I mean, yes, we've already found the lens. We're finding our style. We're refining it. Is there anything we can do to jumpstart the process from there? I mean, there's obviously still a massive amount of hustle to go from sidelining to full timing. Yeah, it's really obsessing over the craft, practicing hard. And in the realm of photography, keep shooting and keep creating what you want. Do your own shoots. And until people start noticing and it gets the attention. A friend of mine said it's about making better pictures and showing more people. So keep improving the craft and then just keep putting it in front of people. You know, get a website, obviously. That's the easiest way and that's the best way because our we live in a digital world. Right, of course. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data. And a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all gonna give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, back to the show. Although, get a website as advice. People are like, boo, right now, because everyone knows that one, right? And But it, sometimes it goes underrated people don't work on their website or they have like, oh, I just link people to my Flickr account. It's like, no, that's not a presentation of your work. That's you among everyone else on a site that's literally designed to take people's eyes off of your work and to showcase a lot of other people's work as well so that people stay on the site. You want people to look at your photos, your photos only, be able to contact you and offer some other value, right? Yeah, totally. And then you got to understand how to get your work out there. So maybe it's hiring a consultant to help you start marketing. And I started that. That's what I did when I first started was I hired a consultant. She showed me a lot about the industry and how to market to ad agencies and magazines. And, you know, my work wasn't necessarily ready yet. And what I mean by ready is, you know, it took a few years of going on meetings with ad agencies and sending out promotions and all this stuff until somebody is like, 
oh yeah, I'll give you all this money to go create some pictures for me. And then you start bidding and then you may not get the first one or first 10 or however many it is. And these are the big ad jobs that I'm talking about. And until a certain point, you have the right street cred and the right portfolio and the right time and it works. Uh, But you got to keep hustling until that happens. And it takes a lot of patience. It took me a good five years before that really started moving in that direction. Did mentors help you along the way? Yeah, I had a couple mentors. A lot of mentors are just, you know, looking online and watching people. I think mentors are important in life, whether they're personal or they are role models. And with the access to information we have now, a lot of times you can you can research and you can listen to podcasts. I mean, I, that's something that I still do just to to learn more, understand better. You know, I think that's a big part. My brand's always kind of been on the outside of photography is giving back and sharing with other people. And I think that's a big reason I started my podcast was to to help inspire and show other people that they can do it, show people how, you know, other people have done their track, gone on their journeys, because it's different for everyone. Uh, but the successful people, it's interesting to see what they've built and how they've built it. You talk about something called creating your center circle. It sounds super woo-woo. What, what is that? Well, it's, it's exactly that. Your center circle is the people that you hang out with, right? So, okay. so it's not woo-woo at all. It's actually, so I, I was like, if he says chakras, I'm yanking the plug out of the computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's your inner chakras. Right. And, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's the people that you surround yourself with. And if you sa- surround yourself with successful people, you're going to be successful. And I-, I heard you're the sum of the five people that you hang out with the most. Right. That's like a maxim on this show. Everybody has heard me say that 7,000 times. <laughs> so they are totally familiar. And I'm g- just glad you're reinforcing it because I like to get successful people saying, yeah, that's not bullshit. Thanks. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, look at like all successful people hang out with successful people. It's, True. It's, yeah, I mean, look, celebrities hang out with celebrities because they're uber successful. I mean, obviously, like there's different relationships in 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 and out, but on the, on the general, I mean, you want to hang out with people that inspire you and that you can inspire them and add value in the same respect. And also, it's pretty awesome to hang out with celebrities, even if you are a celebrity. I would imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's because I'm inspired by other people that are doing work on my level or the where I want to be. Yeah, so if celebrities are hanging out with other celebrities, it's it's definitely you have that kind of push for a greater level of of work and hustle. Now, what about you know you'd mentioned getting your emotional intelligence or your your inner game and stuff going? Do you do you rely heavily on your emotional intelligence? And how has that helped you in business? Because I, I love that topic, obviously. Yeah, it, I think it, it's a great topic because it's something I actually really more just learned about the last couple of years or I've become more conscious of. Being conscious of your thoughts and fears and the things. We all have a set of limiting beliefs that we've created based off of our past experiences. And it's those thoughts that, oh, you're not good enough, you're not you don't deserve that. You can't be successful. We all have whatever that voice is in our head. Head trash, right? Some people call it. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that. I like that. Head trash. And it is. It's it's head trash. And it's it's those voices that tell us, that keep us from getting off the couch and creating versus consuming. It's the voice that says, oh, well, you don't deserve to be successful. So you can just play small. 
or whatever that is. I mean, we all have different things. I went through this emotional intelligence leadership training the last couple of years that really kind of had a process that helped me get a bigger understanding of that. It was really moving because at the end of the day, you have to push through that to be successful. I think that's where the most successful people become successful is pushing through all that bullshit that keeps you from it. Yeah, of course. And embracing. It's all mental. It's all mental, yeah. And embracing the journey along the way because I think a lot of people, how did you stop yourself from getting discouraged when you didn't monetize? I mean, I remember when we were hanging out, you're like, yo, I just sort of started making money like a few years ago. And I remember, that's funny, me too, kind of. And before that, I just did it because I was like, what else would I be doing? But I don't know if everyone thinks that way. I'm sort of like, everything's going to be fine in the end because I'm delusionally confident. But if you don't have that, you freak out 24-7 until you start making money if it ever <laughs> happens, right? Or you quit right before you would have because you're like, just you just can't handle the nerve-wracking ridiculousness of running your own shop and wondering if you're going to be able to pay rent. Yeah, that's the hard part is really pushing towards and pushing through those fears of, am I going to have enough money to pay my rent this month? Practically speaking, how do I put the puzzle pieces together so that I can pay my bills, but I can also pursue what I'm loving and pursue what I'm doing? It goes back to the first thing we talked about is just having the passion to drive you through those difficult times and really seeing the end vision. And I think if you really like, break it down and look at the possibility and keep heading towards that possibility, looking at what other people are doing that are successful, then you have to dissect that. You have to devour it. You have to be a consumer of knowledge and devour everything that it takes from art and creativity to business and marketplace. And I think once you keep on that track, then you're going to get through it and you're going to figure out how to, you're just going to figure out how to make it work. Mm -hmm. And if you're determined and you don't give up, then, and if you believe in yourself, then you will. Right. And tell me where you were with this, but I was always thinking and still am, I'm like, my success is virtually guaranteed. I'm not really sure what logic lies behind that, but, you know, I got a smart team. We're all healthy. That could change, but, you know, statistically speaking, probably won't. And, I've done pretty well so far, and so has AJ and everybody else at the Art of Charm team, so I just have no reason to believe that we would not succeed. Even if we had to go do something totally different tomorrow, we'd probably be fine. And I know that a lot of people don't have that, but when you were sitting around taking pictures, were you thinking, I'm eventually just gonna be so awesome at this that it's gonna work, or were you like, oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do? How many days did you wake up thinking, should I get a job as a construction worker? I guess that's what I'm trying to ask you. I had a lot of those days, like, look at these postal workers, they're just hanging out in their car, walking around in their shorts, eating their lunch. I should do that. They don't have stress, you know? And, <laughs> and I remember plenty of days like that. And then now I don't have those anymore, thank God. But there was a long time where that was the norm. Yeah, I, you know, the very beginning is you definitely question yourself all the time. And I know I did. And even further down the road, you question yourself, especially I think as an artist, this is something I went through a couple of years ago which definitely led me into the emotional intelligence side of, of the business is I got to a point where I got uber successful. I was shooting a campaign a month at least, anywhere from two to 12 days, and I was making really, really good money. And then things started slowing down just due to the nature of business and the marketplace. And I started questioning myself. I realized after going through this training that I, how much 
how much of my self-worth and validation I was putting into my job, who I was shooting, what I was shooting, and all that, that when it started slowing down, I felt like less of a person. And that's not the case. And that shouldn't be the case. And there's 360 degrees. And then I was questioning myself every day. And then it was like, what am I doing wrong? Like all this stuff. And at the end of the day, I think you have to keep believing. Like we talked about, it sounds so cliche and so airy-fairy. The people that do believe in themselves and truly believe in themselves and push the, the head trash of self-doubt out and keep pushing it out and keep focusing on possibility, they're the ones that actually get there because they believe that they can. Perfect. Yeah, man. I mean, I love after all this, I mean, now you're giving back in a lot of ways. Why do you think that's important? I think it's hugely important. I think giving back has actually been the biggest growth in my career. And I never really set out, I don't think you should set out to give to get, but I think the energy of giving, you're going to receive more. And and I talk about that with interns that come in as well into the office, the more energy and the more value that you give, the more you're going to get back in return versus what am I going to get out of this? What am I going to do this? You know, the more value they bring to the table, the better. I think like giving back, I worked with uh, Adam from Pencils of Promise. Him and I met like six years ago. And it's always been kind of a philosophy of, of mine to give back, even if it's just one project a year. I just feel like, I feel like I'm so blessed to be able to be doing what I do it's almost a responsibility to give back to the world and make it a better place. And when I met Adam, I just really resonated with his cause of building schools and how education is so important. You know, it goes back to where we're talking about it's mindsets, it's, you know, strong mind, it's knowledge, knowledge is power. And, you know, I feel like everyone should have that opportunity. So connecting with Adam I really believed in his cause and we decided he invited me to come out to Laos and shoot with him for the charity and he didn't even have any money to pay me. I paid for my own way out there and we just, we built a relationship and we created branding imagery for the charity that ended up long lasting and then the charity just blew up. I mean, and Adam's a super smart guy. He's got a heart for the cause and a bleeding heart for the cause and a strong business sense. And I think that's a very similar thing to have in the world of building a business with your art. That helped. I mean, and I saw that in him. He really appreciated the value of communications. And since then, it's just turned into, you know, his brother meeting, you know, is Scooter Braun, who built Justin's career. And then just through relationships, that's kind of how I've come to where I am at today. And I've been working with the charity ever since. And and now I'm even building my own school for Pencils of Promise and, and raising 25000 because I, I want to do it. I think I can give back even more. I'm giving back in my photography. I'm giving back in even raising money, giving back my own money. It's, I, I feel like your world gets bigger when you give. Ah, interesting. I like that. And last but not least, Evolve or Evaporate. To something you live by, I want to hear about that because I feel like Art of Charm, our branding, our show, the programs that we run constantly evolving, evolve or evaporate. What do you mean by that? Are you changing the way that you work? Are you changing your, your style? How are you evolving and why? So I'm evolving. It's constant evolution of, of getting, innovating and evolving your craft, evolving your portfolio. 
and look at the big musicians. And it's funny because this quote actually came from my interview with Usher, the podcast that we just did. And it really stuck out to me. That's why I've been kind of using it. And you have to stay current. You have to stay, you have to stay fresh. I mean, look at all the major artists throughout the years, Madonna, you two, all these people that are long lasting in their world, they've evolved and they've come out with new things and stayed current. And you have to keep working on new projects, new personal projects, new art projects, and really staying current with the industry and the culture. And that's where you're going to succeed. Thanks so much, man. Is there anything that you want to deliver that I have not asked you? I think the big thing is you're the creator of your reality. I started this hashtag campaign called Create Your Moments, and it's really all about creating your life and creating what you want in your life. And only you have the power to choose that you can do that or not. Well, excellent. Thanks so much, Nick. And really appreciate your time and obviously the inside look, candid look at taking something from passion to profit, essentially. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. So much in here. Again, another show that's so hard to pack everything you need into just an hour. Nick went from a hobbyist to didn't even know what his hobby was to one of the top photographers in the industry. So I hope you guys really dug this one. There's a lot of wisdom in here. Sometimes it's hard to articulate how to grind, but sometimes you just need to grind, right? So I hope you guys dug this show. It's a fanarchy. It's run by you. I rely on you to help keep my finger on the pulse. So if you know someone is a good fit for the show, let me know. Jordan at theartofcharm.com. And if you enjoyed this, don't forget to thank Nick on Twitter and check out his stuff linked up on the show notes as well. Bootcamp details for the Art of Charm live programs at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. If you're not subscribed, subscribe already in iTunes or Stitcher. We've also got our iPhone and Android apps available on our site. They're all free. They're, they should be, should be in working order. Special thanks to the Jasons for their help in the production of the Art of Charm podcast. And go ahead and tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 